Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you Preston Crest. I am Jeff Clevenger, one of the elders, and it's great to see everyone here this morning. We are thankful that you have chosen to worship with us. If you've not already done so, please text the word check-in to the number on the screen behind me. There we go. So we will know of your presence. If you are a first-time visitor, please complete the attendance card, which is in the pew in front of you. Take it to the visitor center in the foyer afterwards, and we will have a gift for you showing you how glad we are for you to be here. Before we pray, please share with me this scripture. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy name. Please join me in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for our time together this morning where we can praise you for all you have done and will do in our lives. We pray that we will see the world through your eyes, that we will become more aware of how blessed we are to be your children. 
We thank you, Father, for showing us your unconditional love in all circumstances, as well as your grace and mercy for our shortcomings. Thank you for the members of Preston Crest. Bless those in our community. We pray that we will, you will bless the Telling of the Story conference. Be with those in preparation for this coming week. Bless the speakers as they teach how to be more bold and powerful in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, we know you hear our cries in our times of need. There are so many who are dealing with difficult circumstances in their lives this morning. We ask you to heal those who are dealing with, can with cancer, chronic illnesses, and other health-related matters. We also lift up, lift up those who are incurring financial problems, looking for employment, having relational conflicts, and, and those in bereavement and other needs. May we lean heavily on you in these trying times, being confident that you are in our presence. Father, we pray that you will bless this worship as we honor and praise you for being the God that continually loves us, provides for us, and gives us the tremendous hope we have through your promises and blessings. We thank you for Jesus Christ, and it is in his holy name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. Church, let's stand and let's sing this morning. Every blessing you pour I turn back to praise. For the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. 
As we enter into our time of communion, we're going to sing one more song, and then Alan McCauley will come and lead us around the bread and cup this morning. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every Good morning, Preston Crest family. How are we doing today? So, um, John Scott asked me to bring these thoughts to you this morning. And so, during my quiet time during the week, I was praying for some guidance and some wisdom and some thoughts and maybe a word that I could share with you today. And yesterday, as I was reading, uh, I was reading in Exodus, and I was reading in Exodus chapter 12. And Exodus chapter 12 talks about the Passover. 
It's when God established the Passover. It's when God sent the 10th plague, the plague of death, to the Egyptians. But in doing so, he gave his people a way out. He told them to sacrifice an innocent lamb and to take the blood from that lamb and to spread it on the doorpost of their homes. And that during the night when he came to Egypt to kill the firstborn, if he saw that blood on the doorpost, he would pass over their house and they would be set free from their bondage of slavery in Egypt. And he told them to remember this time and this celebration and this feast every year. And so fast forward a few hundred years and Jesus and his disciples are celebrating the Passover. And they're in the room together and in Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20, Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So this Passover was different than any that had come before. At this Passover, Jesus tells them that he's the lamb, that he's the sacrifice, that going forward, they're not going to celebrate the Passover out of Egypt, but now they're going to celebrate the new covenant, his sacrifice, the opportunity that we have to speak directly with the Father, the forgiveness of our sins, his blood washes us clean. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your son Jesus, for his love for us, for his sacrifice, for the opportunity that that brings for us to celebrate the relationship with you. As we take this bread, we remember his body, sacrifice for us. In Christ's name, amen. And just as God commanded the Israelites to celebrate every year, Jesus asked us to remember him and remember 
his sacrifice. Again, the blood that was shed for us. It gives us an opportunity to spend eternity with heaven and with the Father in heaven. Let's pray for that as well. Lord, again, we come to you and we thank you for this celebration, this feast, this opportunity that we have to, to be together and to uh, celebrate the new covenant that we have with you, that Jesus' blood covers our sins, that his sacrifice and his blood give us the opportunity to have that personal relationship with you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for providing for us. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. we come to the point of our service where we talk about money. We talk about offering. We talk about giving. If you have brought an offering this morning, you can just drop it in the box in the middle of our foyer after we are com concluded here this morning. Uh, many of you are giving online. Thank you for, for that. Uh, however you choose to give, thank you for giving to support the Lord's work in this place. Today is a fifth Sunday, so that means world care giving. So we'll have a, a separate uh, opportunity to give. And Lance Atchison is coming now to, uh, to share with us a little bit more about what, uh, what's available for uh, or what, what this world care offering is going for. Thank you all this morning. 
On behalf of the Executive Missions Committee, I'm here to discuss and share with you what we've decided for our World Care contribution um, this Sunday. Um, all the funds that will be collected from this World Care will be distributed to these one-time um, works, and any funds received above the needs will be distributed to other one-time needs as determined by the committee and the elders. On screen or in your bulletin, you should see the works identified. We've identified four works uh, for this week. We have Hope for Haiti's Children, and those funds will support several orphanages in Port-au-Prince. The French American Education, uh, Christian Education Fund, which will support uh, Bibles being distributed to French-speaking populations in Africa. The Naperville Church of Christ, which will support and supplement some of the work they're doing with children in India. Our final work, which we've chosen to highlight today, is Denise Zolotarev. Denise is a missionary in Ukraine that is partially funded by Preston Crest in connection with the Broken Arrow Church of Christ in Oklahoma. On screen, you'll be seeing some pictures. You'll also see a picture of his family, um, his wife, Yulia, their son, Pavel, and their daughter, Yelena. Denise and Yulia actually grew up in the orphanage in Mariupol, and Deborah and I were both um, privileged to come to know them and work with them when you all supported us as missionaries in Ukraine many years ago. Denise graduated from the Ukrainian Bible Institute years ago, and upon completion, he and Yulia moved to Irpin, where they started church planting. But as many as you know, life in Ukraine has drastically changed in this past year. On February 24th, the Russian army started their invasion. And as Russian troops advanced toward Kyiv, Irpin was in the direct path of the advancing army. From that moment, Denise's ministry changed from church planting to humanitarian aid. Primarily, it started with uh, helping refugees and evacuations, and then it turned into running supplies from west, mostly over to the Polish border, and running those back into the hot zones to bring food, supplies, medicines, and all sorts of things for those in need. As the war began, as you know, many have become refugees and have left Ukraine, and this is the same for Denise's family. On March 4th, 2022, Denise said goodbye to his wife and kids as they crossed the border into Poland and later fled to Croatia. All the while, Denise stayed and continued to work to bring help to those in need who couldn't escape or didn't have the means to get the supplies they needed. And as we approach the year of this war, many of the Ukrainians who have fled are still struggling and are refugees. And unfortunately, many of the aid and resources to these individuals is dwindling. So the request came in from Denise for some additional assistance to help support the basic needs of his family while they are safe in Croatia. And so part of the funds that you will be distributing today will be sent to the Broken Arrow Church of Christ and earmarked to support Denise's family so that he has some comfort knowing his wife and children are safe and can provide for their basic needs while he continues to help those in the war effort. So on behalf of the executive committee, we thank you for your consideration for these needs. And as John Scott mentioned, there will be opportunities to donate out in the foyer or online. And if you are using check, please write uh, WorldCare in the memo. We thank you again for your opportunity and for your generosity to support these works. Let's say a prayer over these works now. 
Father God, we thank you for being our Father. Thank you for loving and caring for us. We thank you for the many blessings that you give us each and every day. As we gather today, we pray you open our hearts to be generous, for you have given us so much, and we are grateful. As we hear the stories of these works, we pray that you will allow us to be joyous in our giving and never forgetting all that we have is yours. Today, we pray for these specific works and that contributions received will glorify you and benefit these ministries. We pray for the orphans in Haiti, and may these funds help to feed and clothe them. We pray for the French-African Christian education, and these funds will be used to spread Bibles all across Africa, bringing the good news of Jesus Christ and more souls to your kingdom. We pray for the Naperville Church of Christ and the work they're doing with children in India, and may these funds bless those children. And we pray for Denise Zolotarev. May you keep him and his family safe, as well as the thousands impacted by this war. We pray you intervene with a swift resolution to bring peace to Ukraine. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. Please use us as vessels to glorify you. It's in him we pray. Amen. Well, it's finally here. After months and months of planning, Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference is next weekend. I cannot thank enough the planning committee and all of the hours that were spent planning for this conference, but we wanted to give you just a brief video one more time detailing for you what you can expect next weekend when you arrive here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ for this conference. Everything will begin Friday night at 7 p.m. with a powerful message from Shelton Gibbs III. Saturday morning begins early with coffee and fellowship at 8.15 a.m. Classes will run all day Saturday with a keynote presentation from Dr. David Duncan from the Memorial Church of Christ in Houston Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. A catered lunch and dinner will be provided with your registration. On Sunday morning, Dr. Bruce McClarty, former president of Harding University, will preach both services, and five of the Saturday classes will be retaught with great classes and great teachers like John DeSteiger, the president of Oklahoma Christian University, and Dr. Steve Clover. When you arrive, you will receive a program providing locations for all of the classes. Childcare is provided. Everything has been planned. All we need is you and your presence and your heart. May God be blessed and glorified, and may you be encouraged through the Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference. We can't wait to see you. If you haven't heard, we're having an evangelism conference here at Preston Crest, and it's going to be taking place this next weekend. I don't want to repeat everything that you just heard on the video. I know that we are short for time, so I will respect that time. I do want to thank the eldership for graciously believing in this conference. This conference has been planned by an army of volunteers who have spent many hours planning all of the details, and I know that many of you will give us your time next weekend serving, and we thank you. I do want to remind you when you arrive Friday evening, there will be a welcome table in the foyer with all of the information. 
If you will, please check in for us so that we know that you're here. And at that time, you will pick up your lunch and dinner tickets for Saturday. You can also grab them on Saturday morning. If you do plan to use child care, please check your children in through the normal security protocols with children's ministry that we observe every Sunday. Someone will be down there to help you with that. As of this morning, we have 632 people registered for the conference, and our goal is to hit 700 people by the end of the day. So if you have not registered and you are planning on coming, please be one of those who go ahead and register right now or sometime today so we can hit that 700 mark and prepare accordingly for this weekend. You still have time to bring friends or tell someone about it at a nearby congregation. But most of all, we would ask that you would pray this week specifically for the success of the conference, for good weather, and most importantly, that God would be glorified. This is all about him. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Hey, church, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church right now. We'll sing one more song, and then uh, Gordon's going to come share with us. Actually, before Don, Don Carroll's going to come have a word with us. Anyway, all right, let's sing. There is love that came for us, humble to a sinner's cross. You brought my shame and sinfulness. You rose again, victorious, morning, church. I know we're all ready to hear a good word from Gordon, but I have been asked to get everybody super pumped up by talking about the budget this morning. So we start a new year, and I want to give you a recap of our 2022 financial position, as well as a brief overview of the Good Works plan for 2023. The first, I want to recognize and thank the members of the Budget Committee for their time and energy in working with the elders, staff, and ministry leaders in developing this plan. The members are Chris McLean, James Tipton, Terry Hooten, Jeremy Hammett, and Teresa Holofield. Now, while we are discussing the financial budget today, 
it needs to be stressed that the church is not a professional organization. It is a ministry, a spiritual ministry with one head, Jesus Christ. We don't rely on these financial resources to sustain the ministry. Rather, we rely on Jesus. The financial resources are simply tools given to us to support his ministry. Now, understanding this fact, each of us determines what portion of God's blessing we will return to him. Now, there are two factors associated with our giving. First, there is our individual capacity. And second, there is our individual willingness. Now, our capacity is determined by God and is measured simply by the resources he has given us. However, our willingness is a personal choice and that which measures our faith in God and our heart for his work. In a year that many of us have continued to have our capacity impacted by world events, the willingness of this congregation to give to Christ's ministry remained strong. Our recurring contributions were $4.46 million in 22, which allowed us to fund all of our operating requirements, capital-related items, and one-time needs throughout the year. Staff and ministry leaders have done a thoughtful job at controlling expenditures well below the 22 expenditure budget, which has allowed us to build reserves for future needs of this congregation. God has blessed us with financial capacity, and the heart of this church is shown by its willingness to support his mission. The elders, staff, and ministry leaders strive to be very thoughtful and responsible with God's resources. Thank you for your continued support of Preston Crest's vision to have passion for God and compassion for people. Now, as you can see in your bulletin and on the screen, we have summarized the 23 Good Works Plan from a financial resource need perspective. Our contribution goal for 23 is $4.4 million, which is in line with the contributions received in 22. Along with this contribution goal, the approved expenditure budget for 23 is $4.19 million, which is a 4.5% increase from last year's expense budget. This year's budget includes additional funding for missions, our upcoming evangelism conference, as well as funding inflationary lift and our expenses and additional support for our facilities. Our current debt level remains at zero, and we have been able to build reserves as financial cushion and flexibility for the future. Now, if we meet our goal for 23, the approved expenditure budget will leave us a little over $200,000 to fund additional ministry opportunities if they are so presented. The elders, staff, and ministry leaders, and the budget committee have worked hard to create a budget that was both reasonable and responsible to meet our obligations for the year. Again, I want to reiterate that our contribution goal replicates the actual contributions from the last couple of years. The elders remain focused on being very prudent with the financial resources of the church and strive to be very purposeful with our ministries for the future. So this week, the elders are asking that you spend uh, this week in prayer considering what your financial commitment to the works of the church will be for 23. Now, you can memorialize your willingness and commitment with electronic purpose cards as described in today's bulletin and on the screen. The elders believe that regular giving is an important part of each, uh, each member's role in our support of Christ's ministry. This commitment is not simply a budgetary decision, but rather it is a crucial spiritual willingness 
that each of us is called to make. It is strongly tied to each individual's faith in God and his purposes. We feel strongly that giving prayerful consideration to this commitment and then signing a purpose card reinforces the personal significance of each member's pledge. If you by chance have any questions, specific questions about the 23 Good Works plan, you may certainly ask any of the elders or a member of the budget committee. Now in 1 Corinthians 16, verse two, Paul gave the following guidance to the early Corinthian church. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Well, my hope is that we will respond to Christ's ministry and the Preston Crest Church in 2023 through the volunteering of our time and expending of our energy and resources with the very same attitude of love that Christ has shown us through his example. We pray today that this good works plan reconciles with Christ's holy ministry. Thank you. done appreciate that very much hurt my thumb that's all i got time to tell you <laughs> we're running a little behind schedule here uh, but i'm glad that you are here today i told tina over here i pray for her she is in the hospital this morning and i see cree over here fighting her battle so yeah it's gonna be like that for a while i'm telling you just gonna we're gonna all do this Arm wouldn't fit through the suit coat this morning, so we'll see how long that lasts. Let's pray. God, there are so many people that you just put on our heart, and people special to this church. And I pray for Tina, who's in the hospital today. Your blessing on her, her recovery uh, from sepsis. God, I pray for Cree and her battle with cancer, and just so many people at this church who aren't 100% uh, physically, and, and just I pray that you'll minister and care for them. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get back into walking in wisdom today. Uh, we are week four, and I would just say wise is always better. There's not really anything I can think of where being unwise is of use to you uh, in terms of your thinking, your decision-making, your relationships, your finances. Uh, wise choices are better than unwise choices, and James 1.5 is, is a, a great passage uh, because James tells us this is one thing we can ask God, and he wants to answer yes to this. Well, I don't know about getting the prettier girlfriend or, you know, a, a promotion at work. This one, though, you ask God for this. He wants to answer yes to this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. It will be given. God wants to answer that prayer. And so this whole series really is a prayer. God, give us wisdom. Help us to learn from your word. Help us to learn from your church. Help us to learn from the natural world that you made. And so many places to gain wisdom. And we have been talking about this wisdom pyramid. Uh, thank you, Brett McCracken, for your book. How uh, kind of like a diet, uh, there's kind of a base, thing, things that you really need, like the word of God. And then you move up. And yeah, you can learn from other places, even the internet. Uh, but you use those things up top a little more sparingly, a lot more sparingly probably. Uh, unfortunately, as we've talked about in our time, we flip it upside down and we're on our phones all the time and we're not in the Word of God that much and the results we see all around us all the time in our culture uh, that's just kind of generally confused. Um, now, I know this is something you have heard 
over and over, I know I have so many people feel closer to the Lord when they are in nature. Um, I felt really close to a mountain this week when I was skiing. A little too close, uh, but a lot of people feel this connection to God in nature, and I was in a really beautiful spot this week, and, and I certainly felt that as well. Uh, I mean, for real. Uh, um, but uh, sunrise, walk in the forest, uh, the sound of, of the ocean, you know, feeling close to God in nature. And, and you think about it really, um, I mean, there's no time where I feel closer to Monet than I do when I'm, than when I'm looking at his artwork or Maya Angelou than when I'm listening to one of her poems. And in a way... Uh, creation, we're looking at the artwork, the masterpiece of God. And so we should feel close to God and learn about God from his creation. And scripture says, scripture says that nature teaches us. Proverbs chapter 3 talks about how the Lord by his wisdom founded the earth, founded this, this world that we live in. By his understanding, he established the heavens, the stars, and the sky. Uh, and by his knowledge, the deeps broke open. The clouds dropped dew uh, down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Pay attention to the natural world. Uh, keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Now we know the Bible, uh, as, as a church family, we believe the Bible is the 100% trustworthy, credible source of truth and wisdom in our lives. The Bible, though, points to nature. And the Bible says, pay attention to nature. Um, Proverbs 6.6 6, uh, talks about the ant, uh, just looking at these little creatures and learning to be wise uh, from the ants. Uh, Job 12 talks about the beasts and the birds and the bushes and the fish of the sea uh, that we pay attention to them. We learn from them. Psalm 19, of course, the heavens declare the glory of God. The night sky you know, speaks about God, speaks about different truths, and, and we do well to pay attention to that. Even Isaiah 6, 3, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole what? The whole earth, his creation is full of his glory. And then I go to the New Testament, and Jesus was always pointing at things, was always talking about the natural world and how we are to learn from it. He talks about learning from the lilies. Learn, consider them, Luke chapter 12. He talks about sheep and wolves and, and serpents and doves in Matthew chapter 10. So consider the ravens in Luke chapter 12. Jesus was using often the natural world as a wisdom teacher. And so we want to pay attention to the natural world as well. According to scripture, the natural world is a great teacher of wisdom. Now, we don't worship nature, but we do pay attention to nature to learn about the creator of nature. I was reading this week from experts talking about how our eyes are further from nature and more on our phones these days. And even when we are out in nature, we may be checking our emails, following our social media feeds. So we're not really in nature. We're just getting more disconnected. And there are a variety of consequences, uh, sociologists, psychologists are noting from that, and they are not good. Peter Kahn, uh, University of Washington, wrote this, technology is good and it can help our lives. I would think we could all amen that. Uh, but let's not be fooled into thinking we can live without nature. We are losing direct experiences with nature. Instead, more and more, we're experiencing nature represented technologically through television and other 
media. So basically he's saying even our experiences of nature tend to involve a screen these days and we're missing something there. Uh, author, I love this one, author and journalist Richard Love says uh, that there's a lot of dysfunction in the world now centered on what he calls, quote, natural deficit disorder, uh, the lack of contact we have with the outside world. And so we're paying a price for that as our eyes move to our screens and away from the creation of God. So what can we learn? Well, we can learn some really big things, uh, really big. When we look at the heavens that declare the glory of God, you get outside of town, out away from the lights, and you see the small percentage of the, how many is it, 200 billion trillion stars? I think they say we could see a very tiny amount of those, and the psalmist says those tell us about God's bigness. So they, they help us appreciate the bigness of God, the heavens at night, and the smallness of me. And we need that these days uh, because our Instagram feeds are constantly telling us how great we are and how good we look. Um, and, and we live in a world of influencers, right? I hate that. I hate inf- that, that whole idea of I'm an influencer, right? Uh, everyone seems to want to be one. The heavens, the heavens help put us in our place and say, ah, you're not that big of a deal, Right? Hear what we have to say. God is glorious, and here you are. Uh, And in a world that worships and idolizes people, we need to remember how small we are. We need to feel the grandeur of God and know our place in his world. Guess who the real influencer is? It's the one who spoke the heavens and earth into existence. Isaiah chapter 40. Look up into the heavens Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by his name. 200 billion trillion stars, calling each by its name because of his great power and incomprehensible strength. Not a single one is missing. You know, a lot of influencers can't even influence their way out of bed by 9 a.m., but God made the universe and he made the sun. And by the way, our sun... We need protection from it. We need it, right? We need the heat. We need it. Uh, But we wear sun lotion. We have sun visor and sun block, and we need an ozone layer around the planet to protect us. And our sun is not even even a particularly strong star as stars go. Um, So there's just so much of God's glory on display if we will pay attention to it. Uh, On the other hand, while the vastness of God's universe should humble us, Also, we marvel at his concern for us, his love for us. Uh, David certainly did, Psalm 8. When I look at the night sky, when I see the work of your fingers, the sun, the moon, the stars you set in place, what what are we, what are mere mortals that you should think about us, human beings that you should care for us? Like, it also helps us feel loved that this God who's so powerful and creative has a concern for us. And so, we get... We need to get grounded in these wisdom lessons from nature, uh, sensing his grandeur, sensing his great love for us. Uh, uh, You know, he made this whole universe. 
but he cares for little old me. That seems to be what Psalm 8 is saying. One footnote, we would do well to take care of nature. This is probably another sermon or another sermon series. Uh, I'm not a quote-unquote environmentalist, but I, I hope I am an environmentalist in the biblical sense of the word. This is his creation. He put us to rule over the creation, so we have some responsibilities here uh, to care for our home, to care for this world that he put us in. I like what Tim Keller said. The Bible says creation is speaking to you. The stars, the waterfall, the animals, the trees, they have a voice. They are telling you about the glory of God. It's your job as stewards of creation, as stewards of nature, to make sure they keep speaking and that their voice does not go out. That is a wise word. Now, let's talk more about us as we move toward the finish today. Uh, let's talk about us because as we get more techno-centered and less nature-centered, some things are happening. Brett McCracken, the more we are disconnected from the design of God's world and out of sync with its natural rhythms, the more we are liable to not think of God much or think we are God, thus cutting ourselves off from the chief, from the chief hope or wisdom and health. Um, so we're cutting ourselves off from that which we need. The urbanizing and digitizing of the world are accelerating the problem. And Paul is actually going to grab onto this in his great theological tome in Romans. He's going to talk about us and how this gravitation, we move from the created order of things and we place ourselves in the center of everything and how it causes all sorts of confusion and to narrow the scope in, in Romans chapter 1 he really zeroes in on our, our sexuality and so as we ignore nature biology um, uh, the physical world uh, as we ignore those things and just consume ourselves with ourselves things get pretty confusing um, and what gr God has made known to us Romans 1 19 uh, it, 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 it when we get away from that we lose ourselves even our sexual identity verse 23 we begin to worship ourselves instead of worshiping the creator and these truly are interesting times as um, for the first time people are, are invited to decide for yourself, right, your own gender and, uh, and there's a growth industry in terms of hormone therapies and surgeries, things you can do to, to alter your body to reflect the gender that you believe that you have um, and I have no desire to dive in and start throwing haymakers and here, it, it's hard to be human, I get that and I see that in a lot of this identity struggle that's out there, it's just hard. Um, and um, I would just observe that the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, says uh, Genesis 1, 27, God made them male and female. Uh, and Jesus actually quoted that in Matthew chapter 19. God made them male and fe female. Uh, and our physical bodies, your body actually confirms your gender at a cellular level. It's not just a question of the reproductive equipment you have, but actually the cells in your body identify you as male or female. Literally trillions of cells within your body confirm your gender 
I saw a Los Angeles Times headline a while back. I don't think they would probably love uh, the editorial board there, what I'm about to say, but I did like their headline. The headline was, we may live in a post-truth era, but nature does not. I like that. We may live in a post-truth era, but nature does not. And our own physical bodies, when we look in the mirror, designed by God, are in fact conveyors of truth if we will treat them as such, if we will listen to them. Even liberal feminist Camille Paglia recognizes the the binary gender identities that we have from birth. She says the cold biological truth is that sex changes are impossible. Every single cell of the human body except for the blood remains coded with one's birth gender for life. Intersex ambiguities can occur, but they are developmental abnormalities that represent a tiny proportion of all human births. And then this quote from McCracken just kind of sums up the, the weird kind of moment that we are living in right now. He says, it is the height of contradiction that vast segments of the pro environment population who rightly recognize the harm in genetically modified vegetables, inorganic chemical fertilizers, and so forth, are also advocates for the chemical and surgical manipulation that allow humans to quote-unquote modify their hormones and sexual organs. Surely, I like this line, surely if quote-unquote organic is best in strawberries and kale, it's also best in humans. I think he's on to something there. And Paul, I think if he were looking at our world today, he would probably say exactly what he said when he looked at that city of Rome. Uh, he said in Romans 1.22, claiming to be wise, they have become utter fools. Uh, that, this is kind of what happens when we place ourselves in the center instead of placing God in the center. By the way, last thing I want to be is disrespectful, uh, unloving, hurtful. If you're listening to this, you are loved. You are loved by God. You are loved by this church. You are loved by me. And if you feel offended or disrespected, I'm sorry, that was not my intention. I'd love to sit down and talk and hear about your struggle and hear about your your journey. But what we're trying to do is get some wisdom here. Uh, Wisdom grounded by scripture, uh, wisdom grounded in the church community, wisdom from the, the created world that the creator made. And we are considering how we need to simply pay attention to information that the natural world provides even at a cellular level, uh, so that we can do what? So that we can deal with actual reality. We want to live in actual reality. And, and I get it. Many opt out of the whole sermon that I've just laid out today. You know, many are like, nope, not doing that. Many don't want to be on this particular wisdom journey with us. I would just say, he who has ears, let him hear. Um, wisdom I believe scripture basically tells us wisdom atrophies and withers when I see myself as my own truth producer instead of seeing myself as a truth pursuer. If I'm creating my own truth, I'm not going to be a wise person. Um, Whoever you are, God loves you the way that you are. Of course, he loves you too much to leave you uh, the way that you are. Uh, That's why he sent us a savior. And when Jesus was on the cross dying an agonizing death, he wasn't giving humanity, you know, as he's 
groaning and suffering. He's not giving humanity a celestial thumbs up telling us, hey, well done humanity. That's not what the cross was about, was it? Um, He was dying for each of us, lost in sin, separated from God, hopeless, uh, buried in our own pride and selfishness. That's what happened at the cross. And we have people here at this church all over the map in terms of our spiritual journeys. We have people who are deeply committed to Jesus and have been for decades. We have people who are somewhere else on the journey. We have people who are still considering whether or not they want to step on the journey and say yes to Jesus as Lord. Um, And I would just say as we finish out this morning, if, if that's you, if you're ready, you know, your part of the journey is you're ready to place your faith in Jesus this morning and confess him as your Lord and Savior. You can do that. You can be buried with Jesus in baptism. You can receive prayers from this church this morning. Um, You can find out more about being a member of this church. We are truly glad that you're here and we would welcome you on the journey uh, with us as we grow in our faith and we grow as disciples of Jesus. So right now, Let's give our hearts and our minds and our bodies to God in worship as we stand and praise his name. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, Thank you. 
Thank you, Gordon, for that sermon this morning. You wouldn't have heard a sermon like that 20 years ago. The world has really changed. I'd like to encourage every one of you to attend class today, after, immediately after the services. If you're not in a class, visit the information booth in the foyer, and they will help you find one for your interest and what in your age category. Please return tonight at 6 p.m. as Gordon kicks off our new Sunday night series called Picture This, a study from the parables of the Gospel of Mark. I want to challenge you to two things as we leave today. First, pray for, tell the story. This week, as preparations are made and put together to make that a very successful event. Second, if you see someone sitting close to you that you do not know, and I promise you that's true because I see people I don't know all the time, and I've been here a long time, please introduce yourself to them after this service and, and meet a new friend. Please join me for the take-home passage. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>